Annie Crosby wrote that song and uh, lived in the late, well, mid to late 1800s. And uh, that song is just as meaningful and, and uh, powerful as it was in those days. And I believe that the disciples would probably love to sing that song as well. Redeemed, redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb. If you have your Bibles this morning, if you could find your way to the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter number 15. This is probably one of my favorite parables that the Lord gave. And I guess it would be my favorite because of two uh, reasons. One, because it was something that the Lord taught about. But two, because I fit in this parable. And I think if we were all honest with ourselves this morning, everyone in this sanctuary can fit in this parable. Everyone in this nation can fit in this parable. Everyone in this world can fit in this parable simply because we all at some point in time in our life was lost. We were all that prodigal. We were all that one who wandered astray. Uh, matter of fact, uh, Luke 15 has three uh, parables in it. Uh, a lost sheep parable, a lost coin parable, and a lost son uh, parable. And so out of all three of those, we fit somewhere, right? And I would dare say we were all very much like this prodigal son. Luke chapter 15, we'll begin reading in verse number 11. The Bible says, And he said, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk, and the swine did eat, and no man gave all to him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's? Have bread enough to sp uh, bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran. And fell on his neck and kissed him. And the, said, and the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe, and put it on him. 
and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. Let us pray. Lord, we're so thankful for this word this morning. God, we're thankful for your presence here with us today. And God, I pray that you would hide me behind the cross of Calvary. Lord, that these dear folk not see me, but God, that they would see you. Lord, convict our hearts that we would have a sense of urgency about us to reach out to those who are lost. Lord, we pray that you would convict our hearts if we are not where we need to be in our walk with you. God, may we repent and return to you. For those that may be lost this morning, we pray that they would repent and return to you to accept you as the Lord of their life. Lord, help us to be a beacon of hope in this community. God, that we would draw all men onto you. Lord, we'd be careful for all that you do to give you all the praise and the honor and the glory. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. This is a story here of a heartbreaking experience for a father. It's a, a story that is, um, uh, talks about this child who has gone away, who has strayed away uh, from his father, from their home country here, uh, and goes his own way. It's a story of redemption is a story of acceptance is a story uh, that brings us uh, a greatness and gives us that joy in knowing uh, that even when we stray that God will still love us that God will still reach out his hand toward us if we are willing to come home then our his door is always open I was studying this this week and as I looked into this I had thought of a few things, and and uh, it's amazing how this story can fit within our personal lives so well. Uh, because as I had mentioned earlier, I believe that everyone here this morning, at some point in time, if you're not already, was this person. Uh, we had uh, we we see here in verse uh, eleven. It says, a "Certain man had two sons." Verse 12, and the younger of them said to his father, give me the portions of good. Give me my inheritance. Give me everything that you are going to uh, give me. So we find here where this young man was bad. Here he was bad. You might want to make these notes in your Bible or if you take notes because I have a point and every one of these points rhyme with each other. Uh, I thought it was nice, you know, uh, uh, nothing, nothing that seminary taught me, but just something I thought as we look at these verses, you'll see the flow of things here. But nonetheless, so in verse 12, he was bad, bad in the sense that he wanted everything to come to him. He wanted everything to be given to him. He was in this sense of worldliness as what this would represent worldliness this world and notice in verse 13 not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living 
What is this talking about? We can parallel or we can spiritualize this if you want to. Uh, this morning, this, this faraway uh, country represents the world. Uh, the world that we live in, the world of sin, the world of pleasure, the world of, of, uh, of uh, nice things, of, of ear-tickling messages, of, of everything is going to be okay, and that kind of world. But notice also in verse 13 where it says, And there he wasted his substance with riotous living. So this man, this, this young man was not only bad, but he was also mad. Not mad in a sense of angry, mad in a sense of a madman, a, a maniac of sorts, a, a one that was just going out and, and doing as he pleased, uh, uh, flipping the coins as if uh, uh, there was a plenty supply of those. Y'all know people like that? You know, I come through when I was traveling back and forth from uh, Memphis and or West Memphis and into Arkansas, and and uh, every week I would go by that casino out there. I hope I don't make nobody mad this morning. But I would go by there and I would see, and it was always usually a Sunday night when I would come back through to Arkansas, and I would see that parking lot full of vehicles. And I'm like, my Lord, you know, I have to work pretty hard for the few dollars I get you know, I can't imagine going to a place like this and just wasting it away, right? They could give that to us, right? Amen. Uh, give it to the Lord. But nonetheless, I thought of that. And then I thought, how much is it that they are mad? Just going at life. Life is, is easy. Life is grand. Life is, uh, there's not a concern in this world. He was mad. But then things take a turn for the worse. Notice in verse 14. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. He was bad. He was mad. And then we find where he had everything he was like royalty, right? He had everything that he could possibly ever dream of having give to him. Here, son, take it. Spend it all. Carefree, like a madman. And then notice it says, And when he had spent all, there arose a famine. Can we spiritualize this this morning? For just a moment. And say I believe that this is a condition. That we are all suffering today. It's not a famine in the sense of food. We have plenty of food right. Most everyone I would think has plenty of food. If we go to, to each of our homes. We could probably find something to eat. Uh, if not there's uh, five or six grocery stores. Or I don't know about grocery stores. But convenience stores. And there's grocery stores. We've got plenty of food. There's not a famine of that sense but there is a famine in our hearts 
there's a famine in our hearts because we're not doing perhaps what we ought to be doing. We're not where we ought to be. And so we are just like this bad man. We're just like this madman. And notice in verse um, uh, 15, verse 16, and verse 17, it says that he went and joined himself. Things got so bad that he had to go and join himself, it says, to a citizen of that country there in verse uh, 15. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. Well, this Jewish boy don't do swine, right? Uh, That is unclean. That is not anything that something of the Jewish culture would want to have any part of. It was almost like a slap in his face. Can I say to you that perhaps this was something to slap him into reality? Notice in verse 16. It says, And when he had feigned, filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave on to him. This famine in the land... This famine in the heart is a condition that we all have. And this young fellow here is seeing this. And notice what it says. He had filled his belly with the husk of the swine. He did it. Nobody gave on to him. So this, this poor guy at this point is realizing just how good life was. And he becomes sad. He was bad. He was mad. And now he is sad. Notice in verse 17. And when he came to himself. I'll stop there and say this. Before we can get to the Father, we must first come to ourselves. Before we can get to Christ, we must realize first we have a problem. One of my favorite passages is in the Gospels, and, and it talks about this. I believe it's in Matthew chapter nine, or maybe it's nineteen. I can't. I, I can't. Don't don't quote the pas- Don't quote me on that. All right. It's one of those uh, in Matthew where there's a woman that has this this issue of blood, and uh, she has suffered from this for for a while. And she had uh, the Bible says that she had spent all. She had bankrupted her finances. She is literally searching for a cure and she had gotten to the point where she had said you know what i'm just going to live and die but then jesus happened to be coming by right and the bible says that she said if i could just get to the hem of his garment and touch it then i will be made whole but before she got to that point she had to come to the realization that within her own self she can't do anything Within her own self, she can't heal herself. Within her own self, she can't deliver herself. But when she realized that Christ was coming in, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, then I will be made whole. This prodigal son here, he is sad and he says uh, that he came to himself and he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare? And yet I sit here perishing with hunger this would almost make one in the psychology world say perhaps a touch of depression would it not 
I think I would be if I knew life was grand and great and, and everything had been given to me and then I had spent it all in this mad race to, to, to fame and fortune and just spent everything that I had and then had to go and join myself to this Gentile family. And here I am having to go out. I don't know about y'all. I'm sure most everyone here can remember farm days. I don't know what was good about those days, all right? I know what little I know of, of being on the farm with my family, and, and I, I remember the pigs that we had to deal with, and me and my brother, um, nine out of ten times, we had to go to the pasture adjoining ours to get them out of the cow manure because they wanted to bed up in that mess after school every day. That's the memories I have. In the summertime, picking all of the the peas, the butter beans, and the, the corn, and the, and the tomatoes, and uh, not the good old days that I would like to remember, all right? Maybe, maybe some of y'all think, well, it would be better. I don't know. All right, thank God for tractors today, right? Uh, but nonetheless, this young man is sitting here thinking of all of these thoughts that's going in his mind, and he's thinking how great life used to be. And he says, even the servants of my father have enough to eat. And yet here I am in this famished land suffering with this hunger. He's sad. Verse nine, uh, 18. I will arise and go to my father. And he goes through this ordeal where he says, and I'm going to say to him, I've sinned against heaven, I've sinned against you. I'm not even worthy to be called, verse 19, to be called your son. Just make me as a hired servant. Can you imagine the, the low that he is at this point? He's willing to say, I don't even deserve to be called your son anymore. So just make me like one of your hired servants. He's basically saying, I had rather be a servant knowing that I'm going to have food to eat. Knowing that life will be as comfortable or more comfortable than I am currently dealing with right now. He says, I'll arise. I'm going to go to my father. I'm going to say that I've sinned against heaven. I've sinned against you. I'm not worthy to be called your son. Make me as a hired servant. So he arose, verse 20. And he went to his father. And I love this verse. I love verse 20 through verse 24. Verse 20, but when he was a great way off. You know what that tells us this morning? That tells us that father was waiting. That tells us that that father probably day in and day out, if you can picture this in your mind, was probably as they were harvesting fields, as they was working the crops, whatever the case may be, that he was always looking just over the horizon, waiting for his son. It reminds me of a story, and I'll probably mess it up, because I, as I had mentioned earlier, memory is not all that great anymore, and this story was told to me 20-something, well, not 20-something, probably, well, close to 20 years ago. There was a young man who was traveling by train. He, well, he had a troubled childhood, and anyway, his mom and dad kicked him out of the house, and uh, this has happened in New York, and um, 
he caught a train and he rode that train and he said, I'll just take this train to wherever this train goes and where it stops, that's where I'll get off. And Anyway, he was on this train and a preacher happened to get on uh, the train as well and was sitting in the seat uh, close to him, next to him. Anyway, as they conversation, as you can imagine, a train ride, not a whole lot of, of uh, activity going on, not a lot to look at, not a lot to talk about, especially for one that is alone, right? So this preacher struck up a conversation with him, and they was talking, yada, 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 and he was talking about how his family kicked him out because of his behavior. And uh, he had mentioned he had gotten to the point where he was very sorrowful for what he had done. And as the train was going, the train was actually making a loop, and this loop was done making its way kind of back to where it had come from. And he said to the preacher, as we getting close to home, he said, Mom and Dad had this tree that would always blossom in this time of year. And he said that uh, if that tree is in full blossom, then I know that I'll be welcomed home. But if that tree is not in full blossom, then I know to stay on this train. And the preacher looked out and he said, son, you have nothing to worry about. He said, not only is that tree in full blossom, but every tree around it is in full blossom. Welcome home. I think about this as this father is waiting. It says in verse uh, number 20, he, when he was a great way off, that means not just a few steps, but he could see him just over the horizon. It says his father ran to him, fell upon him, had compassion towards him, kissed his neck. And he said, verse 21, how he had sinned against heaven and in his sight, and he was not worthy to be called his son. 22, but the father said, to his servants, bring forth the best robe. Put it on him. Bring the, the uh, where were we at? Verse 22, uh, put, put it on him. Put a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet. Do you know what this symbolizes in this culture? The best robe, we can spiritualize that in a moment, but nonetheless, the ring and the shoes. Putting a ring shows honor, shows part of the family. And have the family signet as we have these days. That's what the ring meant. The shoes meant restoration. Uh, when, when a Jew uh, was freed from slavery, they were given new shoes. And so it was like a, a, a restoration type thing. And so this father is saying, bring forth the best robe. Not just any robe, but the best. Put a ring on his finger, put shoes on his feet. This is a complete acceptance of this son who was so far gone, so far removed from his father. Let's virtualize this if we may. There will be a day when you and I will enter into the portals of heaven and the son will say, bring forth the best robe. Bring forth the best robe. It gets better. Verse 23, this is 
Now, this is a joke, all right? I know people listen to us online. Um, I know I have people that have, people have found y'all, all right? Um, because they have sent me a message, uh, folks from Louisiana, from Mississippi, uh, from here in Arkansas, that says, great message Sunday. And I was like, you wasn't there. And it's like, oh, but we heard you. So the online presence is great. So I'll make this joke and hopefully not offend everybody. But nonetheless, verse 23 verifies the Baptist heritage. All right. What does it say in verse? Now that is just a joke. All right. Verse 23, bring forth, uh, bring hither the fatted calf, kill it. Let us eat and be merry. Let's be happy. Let's eat. That is a Baptist thing, right? Let's eat. Uh, anytime there's an occasion to eat, we're going to eat, right? Uh, we did that last week, had some great food. I, I took a plate home, ate it uh, for uh, uh, lunch Monday, and it was just as good warming up, right? You know, we'll spiritualize this. There will be a day when there will be Western civilization here, as we call it, modern Southern talk, an all-you-can-eat buffet in the portals of heaven, the greatness of heaven. Bring hither the fatted calf, kill it, let us eat, let's be merry, this man was bad, he was mad, he was sad, but he got glad. Notice what it says. For this my son, verse 24, for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. It reminds me of the old song. We sing it, uh, I think we sing it last week, if, or maybe the week, I can't remember um, the memory thing again, right? Uh, Amazing Grace, John Newton, you remember that? How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. John wrote that song on a slave ship out in the middle of the ocean. Waves were coming in. Ship was not in the best condition. But he found God. Isn't it interesting too, for those that may have a musical inclination, that John Newton wrote that song on a slave ship, trading slaves. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. You can play that entire song on five black keys on the piano. But anyway, amazing grace. I wonder if back in this time that maybe that song maybe had its formality even in this day. I wonder if this son was so glad that he said, amazing grace, how sweet the sound. You know, you and I was in this same predicament at some point. And I'm thankful that this young man's dad didn't give up on him. And so that should be encouragement to you and I this morning to never give up on those around us. I told you last week, I think it was, uh, the uh, lady that was the, uh, the, the caretaker of my brother and I uh, during school years, how at 60-something years old she accepted Christ as Savior. 
as long as there's breath, there's still hope. And so we need not to give up. We need to always be looking over that horizon for those that are around us that are lost and that they would come to the saving grace, the saving knowledge that Christ offers. And they too can go from being bad and mad and sad to being glad. This is the diligence of of this uh, faithful uh, father. Should we not be just as diligent? Seeking and praying for those who are lost. Those who are tied up into this worldly system. His condition is what brought him to his senses. The condition of the woman with the issue of blood brought her to her senses. What does God have to do? in order to get our attention. Is it sickness? Is it death? Is it maybe some other way that maybe only you know? You know, maybe nobody else would think anything of it, but but you know. Can I encourage you this morning two things, and then I'll hush. One, never give up. Just hold on. Now that song came to me as I was uh, crossing into um, uh, is what's that town, Mar- Marvale or whatever it is, where I got the stop by the police that day. You know, just hold on. A brighter day is coming. Just hold on. But then, secondly, if we are in the condition that this prodigal was in that we need to know that there is a loving Father, a loving Savior that is standing ready and He's always looking just over the horizon to see you come. And so I encourage you to come this morning. If it's salvation that you need, rededication that you need, whatever the case may be, this will be your opportunity to do so as we sing.